Welcome to The Real Look. I'm Bruce Hardy. And I'm Chase Williams. I'm so excited to introduce this episode's Northern Lights guest, Rob Soa with Keller Williams Realty Boise in Boise, Idaho. Rob has been in the real estate industry making a name for himself since 2009. He started on a team selling new construction and has since established his own company, Soa Real Estate, serving the Boise and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho communities. Rob has now sold over 300 homes, totaling $140 million in closed volume. He's fully immersed in all things Keller Williams, serving on the ALC for his market center, engaging in the Northwest region's top 100 group, and earning double gold, quadruple gold, and platinum KW medals. Wow. Please enjoy this conversation with Rob Sauer. Well, g'day, Rob. Welcome to The Real Look. Where does today's podcast find you? Well, today I'm in my new office location in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. We all have a journey prior to real estate. What was your story? So my degree was actually in interior design from the University of Idaho, and I started at an architecture firm doing commercial work, large-scale hospitality, education, etc. Did that for, gosh, six years. Then I was a VP of design of an interior design firm, high-end residential, etc., And then I spent about six years in the residential remodeling world before uh, the crash of 2008, et cetera, that caused me to rethink my career. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a lot of us went through a lot of changes back in those days. So when that happened, what caused you to, to want to get into residential real estate? Well, yeah, that's pretty funny. I I didn't want to get into residential real estate. Actually, I never thought I would be a realtor. But what got me thinking about it was I always enjoyed real estate. With my design background, I thought, gosh, well, maybe I'll do investing and create some financial security for my family that way. And I figured the best way to do that was to get my real estate license and learn how transactions would go and everything else. And once I got into it, I enjoyed it. So, well, I didn't enjoy it at first, but eventually I did. I want to ask you about that initial kind of getting into real estate and what your experience is, but I don't want to miss the very rare opportunity to say, go Vandals, fellow Vandal here. Oh, cool. All right. (laughs) So, So when you got into real estate to pursue financial security for your family, I love that as a reason, by the way, what was your initial experience like? Yeah, my initial experience was pretty difficult, to be honest. I I mean, I got my license at the very end of 2009, went into real estate pretty blind. I joined Keller Williams because I had a, a friend that was there, and it seemed like the best place to learn. It was just difficult. I remember going into the office, feeling like I had no idea what I was doing, just trying to reach out to people. I wasn't comfortable with the whole sales aspect of things. In my first year, I, I think I made $13,000. And at the time, my wife and I, we had four kids. She was a stay-at-home mom. That was tough. It was hard. So what changed or what happened next? I had learned over the years that to be successful, you want to look at someone else that's successful and then basically do what they have done. I had been at Keller Williams for not quite a year, but... There was a team that had joined Keller Williams at the time, and they were doing some new construction. And I just, I knew they did really well. And I just set my mind to it that I wanted to be a part of that. So I reached out to them. 
eventually they asked me to be on their team to sell new construction. And by doing that, I learned a ton. The lady that ran this team was, she's incredibly smart, but it was hard. Just a lot of hours and a lot of stress. And <laughs> I mean, that's just the reality. You just, you just have to find a way to make it work. And eventually, I think for me, I ended up through that journey, finding the way to be a salesperson, but not really a sales person, if that makes sense. Do you like new construction? Are you still in new construction today or have you transitioned to resale housing or a mixture of both? I love new construction in a lot of ways. I don't really do it anymore. Pretty much all resale at this point, all repeat and referral, pretty much 100%. I just kind of moved out of that mostly because of the hours it would require to be on site. You know, my wife and I, we have seven kids and we run a nonprofit and we are very active in our church. And so it's, you know, Sundays are a big thing. We try to, to take that time and new construction doesn't afford that as much. So, but I do love it. <laughs> well, you know, just listening to you talking about that first year for you, of course, you went into the industry and probably what were the depths of the real estate market in Boise, right? I know looking back at my own career in 94, you know, the market was on its way down in Spokane and, and I look back at it as a gift, right? Because you can't just sort of slide your way through. You actually have to learn how to do the business. So what would you say were some of the lessons you've taken from that period as you were getting started? I think one of the biggest ones is to really stick to something, you know, find what it is you know, get that clarity and be able to just stay focused on it. I mean, I know it sounds super cheesy to say, oh, believe in yourself. And I'm not a huge fan of, of that phrase, but it's really true. You do have to sit there and trust that you can accomplish certain things. And then you really have to look for those opportunities. You have to be intentional in every aspect of what you're thinking, what you're reading, what you're doing. You have to really challenge yourself to be vulnerable about your weaknesses and be honest about those things because, you know, we all have a way of kind of rationalizing things and thinking that everything is fine or whatever. I would say sticking to those core principles is, is huge, especially when things are really difficult. So, Rob, how long did you stay on that team and what caused you to actually step off? I was on that team for about two and a half years. I would say the big thing that caused me to step off of it was that the new construction project that we were at, the opportunity had stopped there. It was kind of time for me to do something. What was that transition like? It was almost like starting over again, I would imagine. Yeah, it really was. The transition was really difficult. I just started reaching out to my database. I started doing open houses a lot. That was extremely helpful. And it was a slow, steady process, honestly. But it was. It was, it was really difficult. I want to unpack that a little bit more. What do you think would have made it less difficult as you think back to that transition off the team and, and into being an individual agent? Would you do anything differently that you think would have softened the landing, so to speak? I mean, that's a good question. I'm not 100% sure. I think you can always be better educated, and I know there could have been opportunities I could have taken to educate myself better about those things to expect, etc. But 
I mean, the reality is it is. It's just difficult. You can't, you can't just jump out there and expect to have everything just come to you. I think it's just you got to keep doing those activities. The one thing that I did with the open houses really fit me because I had come from new construction. So I realized, okay, that's an area where I'm really comfortable with that. And I think evaluating who you are and some of your strengths and weaknesses is is really important. And so I don't know that I would have changed much about that. I I think that was a a good play. I think I could have done more of it. I love that, that you actually parlayed that in. As you fast forward to today, where do your leads come from today? What are you doing for lead generation? <laughs> this is probably not the politically correct answer, but I really don't do much. I <laughs> I do an email newsletter once a month, and in that I do a video market update. Other than that, and I need to change that admittedly. It's not it's not something to brag upon and to say, "Oh, look at me, you know, I don't do anything." But but the reality is it's repeat and referral at this point. So that newsletter is going to your sphere? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. You're in the middle of a transition really now, aren't you? I mean, you not just work the Boise market, but now you're in Coeur d'Alene as well, correct? That's correct. Yeah, we are up here. I travel back and forth and I've got some help down in the Boise area. My goal is to, you know, here in the near future, expand to where I have some people on the team in both locations. What was the impetus of the move, Rob? And how did you think through that initially, what that meant for your business? Well, it was definitely not a business decision. It was more of a, of a lifestyle decision. And I will say that if I had not gotten into real estate, I wouldn't have the luxury of making that lifestyle decision. So that's a, that's a huge blessing to me and, the, and our family to be able to be in a career where I can do something like that. But the decision was largely based upon, you know, Boise was getting bigger and bigger. We had started to visit up in the Coeur d'Alene area. And if, you know, as anyone that's been up here in this area knows, it's just absolutely stunning. And then my oldest son, he ended up getting a job at a machine shop up here. And it just kind of slowly unfolded in a way that we just felt it was the right thing to do. And and we figured, okay, well, let's make it happen. And figure out the details as we go. (laughs) I love that, that you're able to make a lifestyle decision like that. And again, I I so appreciate you saying that's one of the beauties of this industry that we're in. What are some of the things that you've had to think about, or maybe you didn't think about that have showed up for you in preparing yourself to make this transition to where now you're servicing two different markets? First of all, there's already a kind of a natural connection, almost the same way between Boise and McCall. There's a lot of agents that service Boise and McCall. Not too many agents service both Boise and Coeur d'Alene, but I think, I personally feel like, and I, I could be wrong, but I feel like there's this connection between those two markets that nobody is really actively servicing. Now, as far as the things to think about, I have done my best to kind of sort through them and and think of, okay, how am I going to market? Where is business going to come from? And and again, get back to some of the roots of being intentional about how to, you know, get the brand out there. Just the logistics. Like, first of all, how am I going to go back and forth? How is that going to impact my clients? Who am I going to have in different areas if I'm out of town, etc.? So, yeah, I mean, I had to think through all of those things and 
I still have a lot to, to think through and, and nail down, but we're getting better at it. I love that, Rob. We've heard from others too that sometimes distance, physical distance kind of forces this idea of how can I do things differently than I did before when I'm not there. One of the things you said you do for follow-up with your sphere of influence is a market update video. I'm curious, now that you're operating in a second market, what are some of the things you did to learn that market and become an expert at it so that you can be delivering that information on a go-forward basis? Yeah, well, some of it is the same stuff I did in the Boise market. For example, when I left the team that I was on, I found the top producing agents in our market for Keller Williams, and I went out to coffee with them. And I just stayed in curiosity. I asked them a bunch of questions. What do you do? And I really had a desire to learn what they had to say. Then I would also go to the market itself, look at the different areas, look at, you know, pull up homes and drive around, do these open houses. And I'm, I'm starting to do those same things here. Like tomorrow morning, I've got a coffee appointment with one of the top agents and he probably doesn't even know why he's meeting with me. And I just want to learn and hear from him as an expert. I want to say, tell me what you found to be really helpful. What is the most beneficial thing you provide your clients? How would you advise someone to you know, be in, in this market? And he happens to be a Keller Williams agent as well. So culturally speaking, he's going to understand that. You know, I went to a local store and printed out a map, mounted it to phone core, hung it up on my office. I'm studying the streets. I'm looking at the different areas. You just kind of immerse yourself into it. And by doing that, you just learn. I would tell you that that's timeless advice. You know, I'm 29 years in my career and people I learned from all suggested that I do that because that's what they did is go find mentors, go find people and, and just talk to them and ask them questions. I think that's really, really awesome. Hang tight. We'll be right back. According to the National Association of Realtors, 83% of buyer's agents said that a styled home is easier for a buyer to visualize. These homes also sell for 6% more than an unstyled home. Keller Williams has created the exclusive KW Style to Design community to revolutionize the industry for realtors. At KW Style to Design, their goal is to teach you how to build a strong value proposition so you can win against your competition. Learn more at styletodesign.com. You made a comment earlier that, you know, you weren't really so much sales, but it sounds to me like you provide a great service to your clients. So what does that look like? How would you define great service? Great service to me can only happen once you understand what great service means to the person you're trying to service. One of the first things I do when I sit down with people is ask them a bunch of questions and I kind of challenge them on those. If they say, oh yeah, we want to buy a new house, I will ask them why. What is it you're trying to accomplish? I try very hard to be curious and to look for hidden signs. It's kind of like what we did in the design world. You'd have people that would say, oh, I want you know this new house or whatever. 
they don't really know how to verbalize some of these things. So you have to dig those things out and you have to look for cues. You have to look for emotional signs when you sit down with them. You know, what do they get excited about and dig into those things? So I feel like when you understand that and you're not tied to the result of, you know, just making a deal happen, then that's where people, they end up trusting you. And people know that if they come to me to ask me a question, I'm not going to tell them, yeah, this is a perfect time to sell your house. I'm going to say, why are you thinking of selling? Yeah, it's kind of like the answer behind the answer, right? And going deeper to understand that. I love that because you're right. Even though it might be in their brain, if they're not able to articulate it, then we're not on the same page yet. And that's a key to providing great service. Rob, I'm curious about your nonprofit. You mentioned that earlier briefly. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about that. And then ultimately, like, what are some of the similarities you find in running that and running your real estate business and maybe key differences as well? Well, the nonprofit we started, it's called Apologeti, and it was apologetics, which is explaining and defending the faith. And then we cooked spaghetti for the team. So Apologeti, that's where the name came from. And my wife and I, we've been married for almost 24 years. We met doing youth ministry in the Catholic Church, and it was just a passion of ours. And when we had a family that grew to a certain size, we couldn't be as involved. So we ended up doing this, and it was a once a month thing in our house. And eventually it just kind of grew. And then we ended up doing a camp and we'd fly speakers in from all over the country. And it was awesome. What I found to be similar to those things is, and I think is similar to, gosh, so much, is how important the relationships are. Because just the same way in real estate that, that I like to go about things in this nonprofit, nothing is off the table. You want to talk about anything? Great. We're going to listen to you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm not going to make fun of you. I'm not going to you know, judge what you have to say. And then we're going to bring that back to the main conversation. And then at the end of the day, it's up to that individual to decide what they want to do. My main goal is to dig into what it is they're trying to figure out and then help them do that. But yeah, I would say the big thing I could say is relationships and like actually caring about those people, helping them figure out what's best for them, period. So when you think about the future of what you're working to accomplish, Rob, now working in two markets, been in the business for quite some time and have a journey that you've shared here with us, what are you most excited about when you think about the future of your real estate business? I mean, I am pretty excited about being able to provide the family with this flexibility, like we talked about earlier. I never thought that was possible when I was in the corporate world. That's a pipe dream. I'm pretty excited about bringing other people into a world like that too, where they can have that same opportunity. And so growing these two different offices, I am really excited about being able to teach someone else how to do that and to give them that flexibility and them that ability to grow for their family. I mean, that's, that's pretty huge for me. The other thing is getting back into why I originally came into this industry. I, I originally came into it for investing and I haven't done that. I've been so busy with real estate. And now this next year or two, that's going to be a new focus for me is to look at the investing side of things, short-term rentals, etc. But I, I would say the biggest thing I'm excited about is helping other people to 
I, I would love to have some young individual that's trying to that's starting a family. Those years that no one ever told me about real estate, I would love to be able to help them to get a jump on things. That's awesome. Based on what you know today, if you were to go back and talk to your younger self getting into real estate, what would your advice be? Well, I, that's a good question. I, I think the advice I would give my younger self would be to be more disciplined financially. Because in real estate, once you start getting some successes and you get some commissions and so forth, it's easy for that money to disappear, especially when you have a big growing family. And I would be telling my younger self to be a little bit more disciplined on some of the finances each year to be a little bit better at, okay, what's the goal for this year? And then be dedicated to it. I, I think that would be my biggest advice for myself. That's awesome advice. Well, Rob, I just want to say thank you. If any of you have referrals for the Coeur d'Alene or Boise areas in Idaho, look no further than Rob Sower, and we'll have Rob's contact information in the show notes. And again, Rob, we really appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rob. Oh, thank you. It's, it's a pleasure and an honor. Thank you. Appreciate it. Now a brief word from our sponsors. Stick around. KW Relocation empowers agents to help them grow their individual businesses and their profitability through relocation partnerships. At Keller Williams, we have our own training and certification program to ensure that your relocation clients have the best trained agents working beside them. KW Relocation invites agents to leverage access to top training, networking opportunities, and exclusive resources that no other industry can provide. Apply to become a member of the Keller Williams Relocation Community today at communities.kw.com and embrace the opportunity to grow your business. Well, Chase, here we go. We have people doing different things, and I think this is such a cool aspect of real estate, right? You've got Rob moving from Boise, Idaho to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho for lifestyle reasons, and yet the industry is allowing him to do that. So what were some of your takeaways from this interview? A couple, Bruce. One, the first one I would point out is, you know, Rob said that when he was having a challenging first year in the industry, right, which is very common. Not everyone has a challenging year, but a lot of realtors do. He did something that we hear a lot which was really smart. And that's he started to model after other people having success. So he found out what they were doing. He would take them out to coffee, et cetera. That's such great advice. It, it truly is. And by the way, not just in your first year, forevermore. It's a great way to learn. It's a great way to build relationship. It's a great way to actually bump into opportunity, which is what happened for Rob. Ultimately, he ended up joining a team by doing that, that was focused on new construction and getting a lot of valuable training and experience and ultimately then a level of success that allowed him then to go out on his own. Again, we've heard that advice before and here it is again, like go and find mentors, go and collaborate with top producers and be curious to learn, right? And that's what Rob did. You know, he really did start in the crucible of the last market. Uh, there's no doubt. I mean, that was probably the absolute low point in 2009. I, I have to say what stood out to me there, Chase, was his tenacity. 
his willingness to stay in the game, right, even though he wasn't having success early on, yet willing to work his way through to get to the other side. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot to be said for that. I see too many people quit when it starts to get tough, and yet he wasn't willing to do that. And I, I think that speaks volumes about his character. It matters, Bruce, not just character, but the willingness to continue forward when things are tough. That's part of character too, right? And he said something really, really smart, Bruce, a number of things, but one that I really latched onto because I say the same thing. When he transitioned off the team, it was a little bit of rebuilding, right? Because he no longer was focused on new construction. So what did he do? He matched his skill and experience to his method of lead generation. And for him, it was open houses, right? Very similar to what he'd learned in new construction. And I tell that to agents as well. I think it's great advice from Rob here, which is there's lots of ways to generate leads. So if you match the method to who you are behaviorally and your skill set, the chances of you succeeding with that method go up exponentially. And that was his experience as well, right? You asked him a little bit about customer experience or customer service. And I thought he, again, said something that was really smart that I hope our listeners don't miss. And that was sometimes when you want to provide a high level of service to someone, you should first ask what their goals are, what their expectations are, what's motivating them toward those goals. And yet some people have a hard time articulating what they want. It's not because they're holding back. And so Rob said, hey, it's so important that you dig deeper and you ask follow-up questions and you understand what do they mean by what they said. And you gain so much valuable raw material in terms of providing someone with the experience that they want. That's a real skill set in and of itself, Bruce. Yeah, we actually call it going three deep, right? Where you ask the question, then you ask, why is that important to you? And when they give you the answer to that, then there's, what does that do for you, right? So you're getting down to the heart of the motivation behind the question. You said something there, Chase, that really sparked a thought in my mind. You need to get clear about the model that you're going to choose that matches your behavior, right, is what you said. And and I just want to encourage our listeners If you want to understand your own behavior, we have a tool. We call it the KPA, the Keller Personality Assessment. It's a behavioral assessment tool. I'm going to put out a blanket offer here. I know our team leaders will embrace this. And that is, is if you are interested in finding out what your natural behavior is, reach out to a Keller Williams team leader and they will be happy to administer the assessment for you and then verify it. Knowing who you are matters. You know, that shows up for Rob. He knows who he is. And I think that that's really outstanding. Yeah, he gave some advice about going back to his younger self, which you always ask, Bruce. And one of the things he said was, be really intentional with your goal setting. And I love that, right? If you don't know what you want, how are you going to get it? In essence, you're just wandering around at that point. So we actually did an episode, The Six Personal Perspectives, and that's talked about in that. So if you're wondering what it looks like to have intentional goals, go back and check that out as well, because it will make a difference. Next week's Northern Lights guest is David Hoggard with Keller Williams Sunset Corridor in Hillsborough, Oregon. We'll see you next week on The Real Look. This podcast is produced by Marissa Frost. Visit kwnwr.com to access the show notes from today's episode. Head over to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe to The Real Look. And don't forget to leave us a review. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with a breakdown of all things real estate.